Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley and is sponsored by Hillel Stanford, UpWest, and Hippo Insurance. Welcome, everyone, to episode 48. We have Dovi Francis with us, a founding partner of Group 11. Dovi is an entrepreneur and founding partner of Group 11. He has invested over $150 million in many of Silicon Valley's most prominent and disruptive technology companies, including SoFi, Adapar, Tipalti, TripActions, Homelite, Sunbeat, Next Insurance, and others. Previously, Dovi was VP at Deutsche Bank AG Private Bank and founded SG, a global financial advisory firm. He's also well known for his appearance as a shark in the Israeli Shark Tank show. Dovi Frances, thank you so much for joining me on 20 Minute Leaders. Thank you so much for having me. So great to have you. I've been following for such a long time. Huge fan of what you do at Group 11. And, and, and I've been reading a lot of the things that you've been writing and, and the different interviews you've been doing. And I think your outlook on investments and tech in general and entrepreneurship is really fascinating. Uh, so I'd love to, to know, dive straight in there. Tell me a little bit about what motivates you. And I know this is not usually the first question that people ask you, perhaps, but I'm really curious because you seem like a person who really is driven by impact. And I want to know what impact means for you, uh, mainly to get inspiration from myself. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's, a, it's such a unique and great question to uh, kick an interview with. And I assume that the viewers uh, know who we are and they're going to get some context uh, through the, uh, through the uh, verbiage that you'll uh, connect the video to, right? Definitely. All right. So you're asking about what drives me. Um, I'll tell you something. The word impact uh, is, is sounds maybe a little bit too cheesy to describe, uh, to describe what drives me. Uh, because, you know, ultimately, um, I just care a lot about winning. I love winning. <laughs> I love that. I love, I love collaborating with other people who have a similar mindset. And they're not into becoming victims, but, but rather uh, winners, people that want to define industries or redefine industries, uh, define categories where they operate. And Dovi, what does it mean not to be a victim? What does that mean? Because I think, you know, you're seeing a lot of this behavior right now. In Hebrew, we call it uh, korbanut. You yep. know, uh, I'm not interested in, in anybody else dictating my life circumstances. And to the extent I can, of course, there are force majeure events. We're experiencing one right now. But to the extent I can, I would like to navigate my own ship, uh, and you know, uh, so that's uh, that's basically it. And and to the extent that I can, uh, I can choose uh, the fleet of other ships that accompanies me. Uh, I'll do this, just that. So to question what drives me, winning. I love winning, and I, I love collaborating with other people who have uh, a similar mindset. And uh, and the outcome of that, by the way, because you don't win in a vacuum, right? Right. What is winning? You know, there is a, what, what is the competition exactly? Well, the competition is reinventing industries. And, uh, and within that, and within my kind of like narrow, you know, uh, uh, habitat, which is uh, innovation in fintech, um, uh, I just love winning. And that's, uh, that's the, the true answer to your uh, simple yet really complicated question. Definitely. I mean, okay, so you're, you are a walking winner with uh, early investments in some of the most incredible hyper-growth hyper startups, the Polity and, uh, and, and Trip Actions. And, and really, uh, I mean, you, you have this ability to go and, and see 
and see different entrepreneurs and different ventures and from the get-go be able to sort of theorize of where they could go. And, and you've seen this also on the Shark Tank. Tell me a little bit about this, this, this reaction that you have to entrepreneurs coming in. How can you identify who's going to be a category winner, who's going to lead disruption, and who's going to victimize themselves when we have something like COVID-19? Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm not sure about victimizing themselves. Just become a victim of... Uh, you can become a victim of, uh, of COVID-19 circumstances as a founder, and it doesn't mean you're not a winner. You just became a victim because so happens you didn't raise money over the past year, so you're not well capitalized to deal with this particular crisis and nobody else is investing and so on and so forth. So I I didn't say that, you know, uh, the the fact that you lost doesn't, that you lost a bet, right? That you lost an effort that you were undertaking doesn't make you a loser. I'm talking about mindset. I'm not talking about the ultimate outcome. The ultimate outcome for me, by the way, as an investor as well, as, as is the case for many of my founders, can also be negative despite your best efforts and despite having a winner mentality. It's important to remember that because there are many other factors uh, that, uh, that contribute to your success. Some of them are the market, the strength of the product, the strength of the right. management team, how much money you have raised, when you have raised uh, that amount of money, what, what is the M&A activity in your respective industry, if indeed you're interested in an M&A, and whether a force majeure has happened or not. And a force majeure can be the stock market collapse in 2000, can be 2007, 2009, uh, global financial crisis, and of course, can be COVID-19 and whatever else is going to, uh, uh, to happen to us over the next few decades. Definitely. No, you know, when, when I'm thinking also about the victimizing themselves, I'm not saying uh, about the outcome, but I'm also thinking about, you know, really now is a test of leadership. And you can see these different CEOs and founders of how they're exerting their leadership given the force majeure circumstances, you have those that are suffering but are saying, you know, we're going to go through this. We're going to come out the other end. It's going to be tough, but we'll make it. And others are saying, you know what? This really sucks, and I don't know what to do. Uh, this just really sucks. Yeah, no, none of us really knows what to do. And I think that the, the, the only answer at times of uncertainty is do you have a fundamental belief that tomorrow will be better, right? Yeah. And, because, and because we invest in the future and because many of our investments, remember, you look at statistics, right? I mean, it takes 7.9 years on average for a company to exit from the time you invest in seed all the way to the end. So I cannot judge, I cannot judge and make significant decisions related to any of my existing investments uh, uh, or my desire to make new investments based on a moment in time. I consider this yeah. a moment in time. And, and I have to make a decision right now. How do I view the world? Do I believe that things will get better or worse? I believe things will get better. I operate in an industry where there are people that think that think that things will get worse or people they don't know and are not interested in investing. I accept that. I accept that it will drive prices down for new investments and I plan to capitalize upon that. Uh, and oh, I love it, Dovi. We, <laughs> we can talk about that as well. And let me tell you one last thing. Uh, so, so you asked me about, a, a, you mentioned that uh, I'm a winner. I don't consider myself a winner. I consider myself somebody who has winning mentality. Uh, and is not willing to become a victim of, of any circumstances. Uh, and, uh, uh, and, and that's, that's it. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily, uh, uh, having that mentality doesn't necessarily make me a winner. I will lose at times. I plan on winning more than I lose, right? And that's, that's where I'll be judged. So to your next question, you asked me a question about uh, the type of investments that we make and how do we identify, uh, how do we identify a, a, I guess, like-minded entrepreneurs and how do we make that calculation in our head, basically, as investors, that this is going to be 
uh, a category defining company, right? I mean, that was the question. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at a seed opportunity uh, with minimal data, minimal customers, and you have to now come up with a theory of whether this is going to be a category king. Okay, so now, so now I'll complicate my answer a little bit more. Um, I think it has a lot to do with at what time you're investing, right? And in which categories you're investing. And, um, and, how long have, and how long have you been investing? How innocent you are and how lucky you are and who are you investing with? So there are lots of questions that fall into that single binary decision of yay or nay, right? Uh, um, I tend to invest in companies that are around seed stage. Sometimes I'll venture into investing in companies that are in their A stage. That means I've joined a little bit later. Happens. But it doesn't matter much to me as long as I believe that the company in which I've invested can become a category-defining company and has at least 10x to go, right, in terms of, in terms of its valuation. So um, I, I guess that the answer, that the short answer is that there isn't, that there isn't the short answer to how, uh, to how we make a decision. In the early stages, I agree with you that you have less empirical data, so you have to rely on the box, the sandbox that you kind of like set uh, 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 as, as kind of like um, as the guiding, with the guiding principles to how you invest. For example, in my case, if it's not fintech, I don't want to touch it. If it's not business to business, okay, I'm not interested in touching it. If it's not a company that is led by established entrepreneurs, I'm not likely to, uh, to touch it. If we haven't seen early signs of growth, if we haven't seen contracts that kind of like give us an indication of how this company will perform over time, right. I'm interested in touching it. If there are a shitload of other competitors in the marketplace and I don't see how this company can become a category-defining company, not number three, not number four, number one, the best yep. company in the category, I'm less interested. And lastly, if it's not based in Silicon Valley with ties to Israel or without ties to Israel, I'm also less interested. These are, the, these are kind of like the big parameters, right? Uh, and, and, uh, and, and then within that sandbox, there are many other tangible and non-tangible things that we look at, including the strength of the management team, the energy between us and the management team when we meet in person. And yes, right. I, assume, I assume that I'll have to meet people in person when making an investment decision. Uh, in the future, and and uh, and uh, and I guess many other factors, and 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 also even within fintech, there are certain areas that I'm excited about. There are center, certain areas that I'm not as excited about. So, for example, I think neo banks are super cool, but for me to invest in a neo bank because there are two thousand of them out there, right? I need to find I need to find a very special player that is playing that is playing this thing. Uh, in a very unique way, and that's that's by the way why we invested. Oh shit! I'm not I'm not allowed to say we haven't released it publicly yet. Well, this is going to be released only in about a month. So, ah, so that's why I invested in uh, in uh, LilyBank. I led LilyBank uh, was formed by um, two co-founders, Lilak uh, and Liran, who uh, who started uh, Pepper Bank in Israel, which is uh, oh okay, I love Pepper Bank. Yeah, so they started. It. Then they left and they started LilyBank, which is a, a neo bank for freelancers. And uh, wow. I, I led uh, their $10 million uh, seed round. And uh, I wow. hope it will be public within the next four months, four weeks. Now, now that they know that this thing is going to be live only in a month, uh, uh, I'll, uh, I'll uh, <laughs> make sure that uh, we're preparing it in advance. Yeah. So, Dobby, that's fascinating. I have to draw a parallel. Uh, I found 
somewhere that you were a commander at Bad Echad or Bad One in the army. Is that correct? Okay, let's talk about leadership. And I'd love to hear, you know, I went through Officers Academy in Israel. I had my share of frustrations and happy moments within that, you know, very special school of leadership. That's what the army considers it to be. Uh, talk to me a little bit about your leadership style. And I'd love to hear a little bit about your experience there, as well as now helping entrepreneurs lead their companies. You know, it's been, and nobody talked to me about my Badakhar experience ever in any interview. Sometimes. There you go. You're asking that question. Badakhar is, as, as, uh, as you said, is the Israel equivalent to West Point, only without uh, getting a degree at the end of the process, right? And yes. uh, I, I spent almost two years in Badakhar. Uh, at first, wow. at first as, a, uh, as a team leader. So uh, 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 the, the one rank below, Tzavet, you know, Mifaket Tzavet, uh, team leader. Yep. And, and then as uh, Mifaket Pluga, uh, which is wow. a, a company commander in the direct translation to, uh, to, uh, to English. Uh, and, and I've had literally hundreds hundreds of soldiers turning, uh, turning into officers going, uh, going through my, pro- my program, right? Uh, and a pretty high sociometric evaluation <laughs> as the stats. <laughs> We're competing amongst the company commanders who's, uh, who's better. So, um, I, Bad Echad was, was great. I really, some of the best years of my life I spent at the Bad and um, um, uh, really interesting, really interesting environment as well, right here in the desert. You know, uh, yep. the base is just, it's like pure gray, dark gray concrete, you know, <laughs> they're like four, <laughs> people in the, four people in the room, you know, the, 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 anyway, it's spring beds with like, so these tiny mattresses and a- anyway, it was very unique, a very unique experience. Um, and I, I took a lot from it. Actually, that was the first time in, in my adult life, uh, where I felt like, uh, uh, I can do something. I don't know how to best explain it. You know, I was a pretty mediocre uh, student uh, in uh, uh, in high school. I, I left high school without a diploma uh, because really? I was missing, I was missing math and uh, I was missing and I was missing sports. Uh, and now you're an investor. I'm just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I mean, listen, don't uh, who knows? But uh, you know, and uh, and that was the first time in my life where I felt like yeah, like I I can. I can do something and people, you know, people can take direction from me and I can add value to people and so on and so forth. So that was a, that was the first, that was a very, very important turning point for me. Uh, so I'm happy you asked that question. And uh, it, uh, it relates to managerial style and leadership style. I think that we bring, you know, many of us uh, immigrants, especially those who left Israel and came to the States, bring that experience with us. You know, I spent four and a half years in the army uh, and it definitely brings a lot of uh, grit uh, discipline, uh, uh, emo- I guess also emotional intelligence yep. uh, uh, to, to the way I look at, uh, at managing my own staff, but also to the way I look at managing my relationships with my, with my founders and my investors. Definitely. Dovi, back to more the investment world. I'd love to hear a little bit, a few of your earned secrets over, you know, looking at dozens of companies that have both failed and succeeded. What are some of the common pitfalls that you might see entrepreneurs making uh, and what are some of the more unique attributes? And this is more, you know, more of a personal question to me as a young entrepreneur starting my own path. Hopefully, one day I'll be sitting next to you and pitching you my my own my own venture. Uh, so, what are some of the things that I should be looking out for? You know, in your interview, you uh, uh, when we prepared for this meeting, uh, you sent me uh, you sent one of the questions that you sent was, "What advice would you give your younger self?" Yeah, and I thought, you know, on the way I drove. I drove to work today. Yes, I am working from an office. Yes, 
uh, so I, I guess I don't really adhere to the shelter in place thing, although I'm kind of like myself here. But I drove to work today and I was thinking about this question and the answer I would have given my young self is not to listen to me. And I'm going to use this analogy for a second to answer this question that you've asked me. Not to listen to the adult self. I think coming into something, uh, FOB, okay, fresh of, uh, fresh of the boat, uh, 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 inexperienced to an extent, and innocent, I think allows you to do things that you haven't, that you would have never imagined that you that that you'll be able that you'll be able to do. So as I look at my career backwards, and as I'm thinking about this question that you just presented me with, uh, the answer is that there is no secret sauce to success, right? right? Yes, it's easier to build a company if you have past experience building a company, and that's why I prefer to invest in entrepreneurs, sure. proven entrepreneurs, because they have that muscle memory, right? They've done it before. They raised money. They sold the company. They failed. They succeeded. They built a team. You know the whole shebang. Um, but uh, you're asking me about what advice I would give entrepreneurs and so on and so forth. Just be, be curious, be agile, be agile, you know, find the right partners, uh, to walk, to walk the long mile with you. You know, we are VCs. We are, you know, when you think about it in the pyramid, about us, where we are in the pyramid, we're somewhere between entrepreneurs and, and, uh, between, uh, say people who have a nine to five job, right? We're there. We're in the middle. Uh, our job is to enable entrepreneurs. Sure. Uh, and to enable entrepreneurs doesn't just mean to look at their financials and say what's wrong and what's, you know, how we can improve, but really, uh, um, to an extent, be a mentor as well uh, in, in, uh, in many cases of young entrepreneurs. And that's an advice I would give to anybody uh, I would mentor. Just believe in yourself, come, come in a sense, you know, be an outsider to the problem. Because many times where you're an insider to the problem, uh, actually, I, I stole that one, that, that, that uh, phrase, outside of the problem from Warren Zev, uh, who's, who's my mentor. And uh, I, I liked it a lot. I, when you are an outsider to the problem, it's easier to be, um, it's either, it's easier to be innocent and it's also easier to revolutionize or read yes. in the category, right? Yes. And, uh, uh, and, and, and that's the answer. Uh, uh, and, and around that, you'll build your team, your team, and around that, you'll bring your investors. And around that, you'll conquer your first few clients and around that your story will be built. So that's the long roundabout answer to your very short and simple question. I love it. I love it. You know, and I had recently a chat for 20 minute leaders with Joel Peterson, the chairman of the board of JetBlue Airways. And one of the things that he mentioned was that along his life, one thing that he uh, thinks is critical for, for entrepreneurs who want to lead disruption is to learn how to sell and to learn how to be salespeople. And it's not a very, and he said, it's not a, the most obvious answer that you would give to an entrepreneur because selling sometimes may seem pushy or may seem uh, not the not the sexiest thing to do and uh, you happen to break a world guinness if i'm not mistaken uh, at selling and so, so tell me about this world guinness record that you broke yeah i sold the world's largest life insurance policy uh, when i was running uh, sg which was a multi uh, it was a multi family uh, office uh, um, where we manage the wealth of a few families out of Santa Barbara and Montecito. I divided the firm to a few divisions. That was before my venture capital career. Yep. Right? Uh, one, was, one was mortgages. We did a lot of jumbo mortgages for wealthy clients. I think almost a billion dollars in jumbo mortgages, so a lot. It was wow. big volume coming out of that. The other part was uh, alternative uh, asset management, 
One, another part was operations where we helped Hynator families manage their estate, their yacht, their jets, etc. And the fourth, uh, the fourth vertical uh, was life insurance. We're through collaborating with an, a licensed uh, insurance company, uh, we uh, syndicated the term and whole life insurance policies. And that's how uh, we sold uh, a $201 million life insurance policy. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was a great, it was a great deal and a very healthy commission. I got to tell you something, you know, that, that experience running that firm uh, through its various divisions helped me a lot in understanding high net worth individuals, right? And, yeah. uh, and their needs, but also acknowledge that I'm not that interested in being in the services industry where you're only as good as your last deal. And that kind of like paved the way for me to, uh, to get into venture capital. I, I was looking for something that has an upside. When you don't, you don't just earn your commission and you move on to make the next commission. I was looking for something that has longevity and I was looking for something that has a positive net impact. Uh, and uh, uh, I, I feel very, very good about, uh, about where I am today career-wise. Uh, you, have, you have every right to be. I mean, it sounds really, really fascinating. Dovi, before I let you run to uh, doing your incredible investments, I have to ask you the last and hardest question. I'd like to know three words that best describe you or that any of the any of your portfolio companies would describe Adobe Francis as. Yeah, I don't really care how they describe me. Uh, uh, and that's, uh, uh, I think that's... <laughs> that's, because, that's one of the words, I think. Yeah, no, I wouldn't say careless. I just don't care how... I, I, I think I've gotten to a point where the, the first word I'll use is complete. I don't really care much about uh, uh, what other people think anymore because it's very, uh, it's very likely whether they like me or not, that they're a mistake. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so I, I would like to use the word complete. Uh, I would like to use the second word. Uh, I'll, I'll connect them. Uh, it's a husband and father. Uh, being a father is a new muscle uh, for me. I, you know, Leo. Congratulations, was, by the way. Thank you. You'll experience it hopefully soon. And, uh, uh I took my, my sweet time. I'm 42. Uh, but that defines me today and how I look at things and, 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 what, and what drives me. You know, if back in the days I was winning, I was, I was all about winning for, for the heck of it, for sports, let's say, or my competition against myself, uh, now I have somebody uh, to win for uh, and somebody will benefit from it. Uh, so uh, it, it makes me very, very, very happy. Uh, that's the second thing. And I think the third thing uh, uh, is I would like to define myself uh, uh, is winner. I love it. Dovi, thank you so, so much. This was inspiring, so enjoyable. One of the most enjoyable interviews I've had the pleasure of doing so far. And, uh, and I really look forward to sitting in a table together one day and hopefully uh, forming, coming into some sort of a partnership. I would love uh, it. it would be Take would care. Love. All the best.